Blog Talk Radio. Friday, April 3rd, it's day 16 of Coronacation. Do you guys believe that? Day six, six, this day is the 16th school day. This is the Mama Love It show with everybody else. It's our Friday edition. Um, I'm everybody else. I'm Mr. McGowan. I'm here with uh, everyone's favorite civics teacher, Mama Love It. Morning, Mama Love It. Good morning. Happy and Friday. Everyone, and everyone's just favorite teacher in general, Miss Mara. How are you, Miss Mara? I'm doing great. It's Friday. It's the weekend. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) TGIF. Yep. Got to make it it feel like Friday. Friday. Um, It's a casual Friday, so no no work clothes for me today. Um, I will be sending my $5 to to Lauren Creamer for some kind of charity. (laughs) I want to make sure we got an approval for, for today's jeans day. But yeah, we got a lot. Um, we got a lot to talk about today. We've got um, we got some updates about Chromebook deliveries. We've got today's mental health tip. Um, we've got an article that I wanted to discuss that I've gotten some really interesting feedback from a lot of students so far. This article called "Give Them All A's," um, and so hopefully we can talk about that a little bit and have a little bit of a discussion. Um, we'll talk a little bit about um, NBA star Steph Curry's interview with Dr. Anthony Fauci. And then we'll end up with, because this is Friday and we'll have the Steph Curry thing, we'll do some sports trivia at the end of the day. You guys will dominate that one. All right, so let's get into, let's get into a couple of, of housekeeping things first. Um, first, so I did the Chromebook delivery yesterday. Not the Chromebook delivery. I did the Chromebook pickup yesterday. Um, and I actually happened to see Miss Mara there. And I got a Chromebook for my daughter, and, and Miss Mara got one for Eden. And it was, it was actually like, I really enjoyed, even though it was kind of cold and it was a little bit, it was raw, but I actually enjoyed doing it because it got me out of the house and I kind of felt like I was doing something good to help. And I have to admit that what an amazing, just logistical challenge that that was to put that together. I mean, first of all, they to bag like over 6,000 laptops and Chromebooks and then to just get them just to get them like in the right spots and in the right place and set up the tables and have the volunteers and it actually went really smoothly. And I thought that was really interesting. So today is the last day. If you're listening at home, today's the last day to pick up a Chromebook. If you haven't gotten one until four o'clock today, you go down to the, to the parking lot across from Encore. You could use the Dexter street, Dexter street entrance, and then they'll direct you from there. Um, Miss Mara, is it true that you almost drove in the wrong way yesterday? I did. When I was coming down 99 from Everett, I took the wrong left. So I took the first left before Dexter Street, and then I almost turned into the exit. So just keep going down to Dexter, even though it looks like you can take your first left. Yeah, I was actually a little confused, too, because I, I, I took that first left, 
and that's not Dexter Street. <laughs> it's something else. No, it's not. Um, but there's no. a there's like a it's like a left hand turn lane. So I thought that was where to go. But if you go further, right. it's literally like the last left you can take in Everett before you get to the bridge to go to Charlestown. And it's helpful but, because uh, there's lit up there's lit up signs that um direct you know that show you where to go and stuff like that. So yeah, and it was in like you know I was I did it for about two and a half hours and. It was never like a huge line, never a huge backup. It was, you know, not busy, but it was like consistent and people coming by. We gave, I saw you know, a number of Maddie students were there. Um, I didn't see any of our kids there, but I did see some of the, a lot of the younger kids filling up their paperwork were Madeline English students. So, and I'm glad that, that everyone could, could get one that got one. So today is for, it's supposed to be for letters R through Z, but the superintendent also put out on her Twitter feed today that anyone who hasn't gotten one, if you were in a, if you, if your last name does not start with R through Z and you still haven't gotten one and you want to come down and get one, you can still come down to Encore today and pick one up. So come down down to Dexter street. Um, everyone should have their Chromebooks. Everyone should have one. It's good. I mean, even though we talked about this on Wednesday, even though we don't need one for Michaela, we could go without it. It's just, just get one. You know, I gave yeah. one. I gave them four Chromebooks yesterday because they had four kids in the schools, and they all get their own. So they're all entitled to them. You, you, you know, it's it's your tax money that's paying for it. So go and get it. Um, anyone else have any comments on Chromebooks? Nope. All right, sounds nope. good. I, I'm waiting for Mr. Jaffe to call in because I wanted to ask him if we're going to do a Kahoot later today, because that was the plan as of Monday, but I'm waiting for, I don't know if you knew Miss Lovett, like what time that was supposed to be. Was it supposed to be one o'clock? I think three o'clock. I forgot o'clock? to give him yeah. a question. I ran yeah, out I of forgot. time. I forgot too. So I'm going to have to send some on today. So I'm waiting for Mr. Jaffe to call in. So Mr. Jaffe, if you're listening, I gave us a call in and we can answer some questions about your Kahoot. Um, and then we got one student birthday today that we want to bring up. So birthday is going to be tomorrow. <laughs> All right, so tomorrow we have one of our favorite students, I.L., is going to be 14 tomorrow. So, I.L., happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy 14th birthday. Everybody drives by I.L.'s house and gives a shout-out to the little honk for I.L.'s birthday since he's probably going to be without a birthday party coming up this year, which is sad. It's my daughter's birthday. Michaela's birthday is on the 19th, and she's going to be seven, and we're realizing that she's not going to be able to have a birthday party. So, happy birthday, I.L., Congratulations for making through 14 years. Happy birthday. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the question of the day, the, the mental health tips for coronation. Um, so number nine is, an, so this is an interesting one, I thought, because this is a good thing to do in your general life regardless. But I think being stuck at home with people and just, being in everyone's business and everyone's on top of each other, especially, you know, those of us that live in like a city environment, it's different for these people that live out in these huge like ranches and they have all this backyard space and they can just, but like for a lot of us that like that live in like a city environment, it's a little bit claustrophobic. So today's mental health tip number nine is give everyone the benefit of the doubt and a wide berth 
A lot of cooped up time can bring out the worst in everyone. Each person will have moments when they will not be at their best. It is important to move with grace through blowups, to not show up to every argument you are invited to, and to not hold grudges and continue disagreements. Everyone is doing the best they can to make it through this. So the prompt I'll have, and the first question we'll throw out to our co-hosts is, what kind of conflicts have arisen during coronation in your households? Um, how have you and your family been handling arguments and conflict? And what might be some good strategies to limit or minimize the effect of conflict for everyone's benefit? Um, so, Mama Levitt, you want to start? You want to tell us a little bit about how you're dealing with the stir craziness in the, in the Levitt household? Our house is perfectly fine, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, we just um, I don't do really, our thing. I don't really believe that. Well, yeah, we don't have any real conflict. I mean, Josh gets up and goes to work every day in the dining room, and Sophia gets up around 10, 30, 11, and Rosie's down and does her schoolwork all day across. We make dinner. We eat. We watch a movie every night or watch a TV show. And then we read and go to bed, start all over again. We're not really like a people that go out all the time. And we like spending time with each other as a family. So we really haven't had too many issues. And well, the only issue we really had to work, work along was basically like if I'm on a call and you're on a call, but once Josh's work realized that they have other people working from home and that it was no longer pretending you were at an office when you're actually working at home, we didn't all have to be quiet anymore, respectful, but not like, we didn't have to all be like, pretend we didn't exist. You know, what the problem is Miss Levitt is you're just too good a mom. That that you've like, you've like raised. (laughs) I did it. I'll tell you though, people people make comments about my parenting style when they were small and they're like, but they're still little. And I'm like, this is when you train them. You've trained them now or you have chaos on your hands as an adult when they're older. And they're already people with their own minds. Um, <laughs> right. I'm working on that. Miss Mara, what about, what about you? What's going on in your house? I'm like taking, I'm taking notes over here because uh, we have some issues. I mean, for the most part, I have to say Eden has been amazing. Um, she, she has crafts that she does. She keeps herself busy. I think where we run into issues is with the things that were very routine before, like brushing teeth, washing face, um, right. just like eating certain appropriate foods at certain times, um, we've kind of had, to, I've had to really like hammer that in a lot more about like, we don't eat Doritos at 9 a.m. Um, here's why <laughs> we need to brush our teeth. <laughs> yeah, like, <sighs> I mean, Maybe. do as I say, not as I do, right? Make, um, make mental notes yourself. Discuss that with children. <laughs> 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 so things like that. The other one is, um, you know, like screen time. I'm, I'm trying to work with her there and, you know, just getting the schoolwork done, um, when to get it done, you know. So there's a lot of, like, negotiation on getting work done and then having your screen time and things like that. So we're, we're still, we're still trying to figure out a rhythm for that stuff. Yeah. The, the screen time thing is something that we're definitely struggling with because there's really like, there's not much else to do, especially because when Jen and I have to get work done and like the kids are, I mean, the kids are usually great. I mean, I, I can't really complain. Like my kid, like my daughter is almost seven. Mikhail is going to be seven in like two weeks. Jonathan's going to be four in August. So they're at, you know, 
they're a little bit further apart in age, but they're not too, too far apart. And they'll play really well together so many times and they'll be having so much fun and they'll be great. And then all of a sudden, like it'll just turn into just like World War Three. And Jonathan's screaming, Mikhail did this to me. And then Mikhail is mad. And she's complaining <laughs> about Jonathan. Jonathan hit me. Jonathan punched me in the chest. So it's just right. Oh, it's man. Right I have this. Yesterday when I was doing some work down here in, in, my, in my official McGowan man cave, um, <laughs> Michaela did. She showed me this paper she, she kept track of yesterday. And it's how many times Jonathan sticks his tongue out at me. And then she was also from Mama, and then so one time from Mama, and then she did like she's she's learning she's doing like tally marks in school, so she did a tally mark That's and she first yeah right this is a great this is a great homeschool lesson have your kids talk about how many times the other one annoyed them so Jonathan stuck his tongue out at Michaela <laughs> but we're doing like a doing a weather graph. Like so, Michaela's in charge of like the weather for every day, like a bar graph. But this one is 37 times, and then she added, but she didn't do tally marks for this one. She added just the numbers. She wrote 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, <laughs> 48. So then she just comes down downstairs while I'm working, and she gave this. She just handed this paper to me and then walked away. Then on the, it says an arrow back. All right, so I turn to the back, and it says, "I'm sorry that I hit Jonathan in the heart." H-A-R-T. I'm sorry that I hit Jonathan in the heart, but he was calling me a buddy face, and now he put his face in my bummy. Can we still do our hair? Love, Michaela. <laughs> That's great. That's funny. Uh, so one thing, you know, I try to stress with our kids is like, especially with Michaela, is, well, not Jonathan, because he can't write yet, but with Michaela, it's like, um, you know, use writing as a form of therapy, kind of like we talk about with our, with our journals. So mm-hmm. sometimes like she'll, she'll be all upset and then she'll go into her room and she'll, she'll come out with a little note and be like, dear mama and Diddy, I'm so sorry for doing that. Like one time she like something with the milk and she like spilled a bunch of milk and wasted a bunch of milk. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I wasted the milk. I'll never happen again. Blah, blah, blah. So it's nice. I, I can, I can, I can live with that. But I've been reading some journals with, with some students from some students. And a lot of them talk about, Oh, my parents are driving me nuts. My little brother is, driving me crazy he doesn't shut up he doesn't leave me alone and then others are just more like Levitt's house where it's like yeah we just really get along well and I think I'm thinking of Anthony M writing about how he just kind of goes and plays with his siblings and his cousins next door and you know just they just sort of you know coexist your prompt today for students is think about conflicts at home I love this tip though about giving everyone the benefit of the doubt and that's something Mm -hmm. I think we can do in our own lives because I think so many times, like, we want to assume the worst about people. We want to assume everyone's out to get us. Everyone's trying to, like, everyone's trying to just rip our souls out. And usually they're not. Sometimes they are. So be careful of those people. But usually, usually not. So that'll be today's journal prompt. We'll be posting that a little bit later. Hopefully we'll get to read some interesting journals about how the people dealing with conflict and giving people the benefit of the doubt in their lives. Um, Mr. Jaffe is called in, so let's get Mr. Jaffe up on the line. Good morning, Mr. Jaffe. How are you? Welcome to the Mama Levin Show again. Good, good. How's it going? Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Everybody doing okay? Hi, the rain? how are you, Mr. Jaffe? We are good. good. Who's on today? Me, Miss so, Lovett. 
It's, yeah, it's myself, Mama Lovett, Miss Mara, and Mr. Jaffe are on. So, yeah, if you want to call in, the number oh. is 516-590-0997. We're going to get to our debate and, this, and discussion in a couple of minutes. But, Mr. Jaffe, what's going on? So we have a Kahoot at 3 o'clock, right? Everybody, I'll okay. send out a, a URL, and, um, and we'll see how it goes. If it goes well, we'll do these weekly on Fridays, just like we always did. So that will be a 3 o'clock Kahoot on Zoom. You'll need a desktop. It'll only work if you have a desktop and a handheld device, also so, known I mean, as a phone. So a Chromebook would, would be okay, right? Chromebook, a uh, desktop, a computer screen, and a phone. And uh, hopefully we can, uh, we'll see how many kids can do it. Yeah, this so Mr. Jaffe and I did a test. Was it yesterday or the day before? I don't remember what day we did. Yeah, uh, the other day. Yeah, yeah. There's. Um, yeah. I'm still working out ways to do it on the phone, but we can't. There's a way to do it split screen, but we can't do it yet. So yeah, we, we, you'll need a laptop and a uh, or a desktop and a phone. And I have uh, some science. Miss Nato sent me some questions, so uh, it should be fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll be sending some questions uh, a little bit later today. Yeah, what, that's definitely what we learned. You you can't really you can't just do it on your phone. You need you'll need to have your Chromebook to see the questions, and you'll right. have to use your phone to actually, you know, select the answer. Kind the, of like uh, the, software, the, yeah, the phone will just the phone will just be a stand-in for the iPad that the kids use in your right, classroom. Right, 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 right. So the right, well, the uh, right, correct. Well, the, the computer is the, is the, will be the whiteboard, and the yep. phone is the iPad, correct? Right. That's what we did yesterday. So on the Zoom meeting, so I had the Zoom up on the Chromebook, and then yeah, you're going to want to download the Kahoot app as well. So it's K-A-H-O-O-T. Um, download the Kahoot app, and then you can you know, do everything you do in regular the class. The Kahoot app works you can better. You can, all, you, can also op- right. you can also open up uh, like Safari or Chrome and just go to Kahoot.it. You guys know how to do it. You've been doing it all year. Yeah, I thought so it was easy have, for well, me. I just got the app. The app was free. We just we just jumped onto it. Right. The app is great. Right. So let's take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the article called Give Them All A's. So we'd like to hear some people's opinions on this. If you want to call in, 516-590-0997. And we'll talk about some of our questions about should students be even getting mandatory work over the coronacation? And maybe one solution is just give them all A's. So let's see how that goes. This is the Mama Levitt Show. Google search is incredibly powerful. And you can search for text across the Internet, most of human knowledge, images, books, videos. But we'd realized there was an important part of the search experience that we'd overlooked. Our task as designers is to get our users the information they're looking for as quickly and as beautifully as possible. But until now, we couldn't always give users what they're looking for, because sometimes they're not looking at all. My wife and I have a puppy with so much energy that we walk her five times a day, and she sniffs around every nook and cranny. This is how she gets information about her world. Photo, auditory, olfactory, sensory convergence is a phenomenon that's been promised in science fiction for decades. We're excited to announce Google Knows Beta, our flagship olfactory knowledge feature enabling users to search for smells. Our mobile aroma indexing program has been able to amass a 15 million centibyte database of smells from around the world. With an elegant integration into our existing knowledge panels, 
the Google Knows Beta Smell button seamlessly connects scent to search. By intersecting photons with infrasound waves, Google Knows Beta temporarily aligns molecules to emulate a particular scent. Google Knows Beta works on nearly all desktops, laptops, and quite a few mobile devices. In the fast-paced world that we live in, we don't always have time to stop and smell the roses. Now, with Google Knows Beta, the roses are just a click away. If you have a question like, what does a new car smell like? Who knows the answer? Google knows. What does a ghost smell like? Google knows. What does the inside of an Egyptian tomb smell like? Google knows. Google knows. Google knows. Beta. Welcome back to the Mom Eleven Show, Episode Nine, titled "Did Everyone Get AIDS?" And that's our thanks to our sponsor, Google Knows. You know, and Google, Google's getting into everything, guys. Can, did, now, you, did, you, did you believe that there's a, such a thing as Google know that Google can replicate smells, odors? I, I, I can't can't even imagine that. That's insane. <laughs> You know, a couple of years ago on April Fools, Google had something like that on their um, on their uh, uh, desktop. We opened it on their homepage, and it was an April Fools joke that Google was able to. You could smell things, but now it, I guess I'm actually uh, putting it on there now. Google knows there, I guess. Oh, that's it. <laughs> what love it. <laughs> Is that you? Is that an April Fool's joke? Yes, Mr. Jaffe. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Three pranks Google played on you. Well, one thing we should probably I wasn't involved. one thing we should probably make clear is the Mom Eleven Show is not a for-profit podcast. We are not selling commercial advertising. I wish. Right. Yes, I would have. It sounded so. It sounded. Did you make up the commercial? Because no, I so did it. I have. I have. Yeah. I, I it's probably an right. important announcement to make because <laughs> probably, oh, yes, it's, they sound so real. I know. Probably going forward, we should make that. That one sounds really real. Some of the like some of the other ones that I've used, the fake commercials, like they're just so obviously not true. But you never know. Like when right. I first heard that was awesome. the wacky tacky inflatable arm flailing tube man commercial. I had to do a double take whether it's really real or not. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, sometimes I walk away when the commercials, but I, I actually I stayed for yeah. that one and that was like, how could that be? <laughs> so just public service announcement for any listeners. Um our commercials are not are not real. Uh we are not selling commercial uh radio advertisement. However, if you do want to buy some commercial radio advertisement, contact me, Armagowan at Everett.k12.ma.us and we'll talk. We'll make we'll, we'll make a deal going. Anyway, let's get to today's I don't, but, but, just quickly, ahead, I don't yeah. know if the demographic was something that a lot of advertisers want. The demographic has to have money. I don't know. Do we have? Do 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 our audience have any money? Because I don't. Thirteen, the thirteen to fourteen sitting at home every day. (laughs) Demographic. I don't know. Is that? Hey, you never know. We might. might, This might breed some influencers. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't. uh, Yeah. Be too sure. 
Well, Mr. Jaffe, just the other day was the 50th anniversary of when President Nixon signed the the law banning cigarette advertisements on radio and TV because oh, really? they were worried they, so they, they were trying to hook the young kids. They were get, they were right, getting the young right. kids on on cigarettes. Yeah, it's amazing to right. look at. If you ever see like an actual broadcast of a TV show, like an original broadcast of a show from the 60s, and then all of a sudden you see like cigarette commercials, and it's just kind of like really jarring. Like, wow, like <laughs> it's like a world that you, you I, didn't, can, I, I never lived in. Yeah, you can uh, right. You can Google these things, and you can see uh, old athletes like Ted Williams, like Joe DiMaggio, even doctors uh, advertising uh, cigarettes. As uh, amazing as that sounds. Yeah, and and um, I've been watching some of the old Twilight Zone episodes. Some of them I put as assignments on on classroom, and some of them like there's the one with William Shatner where he goes crazy on the plane and people are like smoking the plane, on the plane. Right, right. It's just it's insane. Right. It's a world that we couldn't even um, couldn't even fathom in, in 2020. So anyway, yeah. So Mr. Jaffe, all the commercials are fake. I, I've I've come up with some. I've I've uh, I've bookmarked some uh, some commercials. Some of my favorite ones that we've played so far: Swiftamine, which if you feel like you're addicted to Taylor Swift, or it'll it'll uh, take that feeling away. Oh, that's funny. Um, Photo Photoshop by Adobe. That was a good one that I liked. Um, Shower Patch Kids. We have a, a shampoo that, like that, that makes you smell like it makes you smell like Sour Patch Kids. That one actually, I think I would do that. I would one. buy that. Right? I would totally <laughs> buy Sour Patch Kids. I also like um, Tub Time Traumas. That's one of the old ones we had where you could act, they'll pay to give you a Tub Time Trauma. Like they'll come in and they'll throw boiling hot water on you or freezing cold water for, for a small nominal fee. Some of them are just really just absurd and a little bit dark. And it's too bad because there's a great playlist of some of the fake commercials. And some of them are so funny. But there's there's like one thing in them that's inappropriate, and so I just can't play it since our target audience is like you said, Mr. Jaffe, thirteen, fourteen year old <laughs> middle school. Right. Anyway, let's move on. Um, a big debate today is an article that I first saw on a friend of mine, my friend Chris Wright, who's an ELA teacher at Everett High School. And he had gone to grad school with uh, with this guy named, I want to get his name right, Dr. Manuel Rustin. And I think he lives out in the Los Angeles area now. But he had the basically the gist of the article is called Give Them All A's. And I'll just read the lead to people. The link to it is on, it's on my Google Classroom. And it's also on the show notes down below if you want to look at it. Um, the classroom one I sent was a, I copied and pasted into a Word document to make it easier to read. But Dr. Rustin says, among the litany of concerns and uncertainties we face as educators during this time of crisis, what to do about students' grades need not be one of them. Give them all A's. Flexible humanizing distance learning should, of course, continue. I'm doing all that I can to make sure my history students are still building their historical thinking skills and mastering the content. But no matter how this distance learning experience turns out, every school that regularly assigns letter grades to students should give them A's, academic year closes, that's what my students will get. So the first thing I should, I should point out is I believe Dr. Rustin is, you know, he's a high school history teacher. Um, I'm pretty sure he's at a public school in the Los Angeles area, but I don't know if it's like an urban school or a suburban. I don't know what his demographics are, but 
he's been pushing this this idea about give them all A's. So what do we think? What's our thoughts on that? What do you got, Miss Lovett? Miss Lovett disagrees with him <laughs> wholeheartedly. Um, I think that you given A's is if I know as a student and I'm 13 in 14 or even in high school and I know that I'm getting an A no matter what I'm done I just washed my hands I'm not even checking in on school anymore um, and I think it's does it it's not fair and it does a disservice to those students that actually work hard and actually earn A's um, it's not fair to those kids that sat around and did no work prior to this incident happening who have zeros across the teacher's grade book um so all of a sudden they just get an a on the report card so i'm not i'm not a big believer of that type of mentality um i think they need to come up with a different idea than just give a's couldn't have said it better myself miss lavett perfect miss mar you want to counter that I do. Um, I completely can. I understand both sides of the argument. And I guess my issue has always been that I can always like kind of see both sides. So it's sometimes hard for me to make decisions. However, I kind of I've decided I am falling into agreement with the author of the article. Um, I think that for me, the biggest thing is that my, especially as a special ed teacher, my main goal is to make things as equitable and fair as possible. To use a common expression, I guess, I guess it's an idiom, uh, leveling the playing field. Uh, that's kind of like what, what my whole job consists of. And with the distance learning, yes, we've given them all Chromebooks, but to me, that is so outrageously far from leveling the playing field. And there's just so many variables and so many factors that I don't know how you can fairly say this student deserves an A, whereas this student didn't do their work, so they deserve a B or a C or a D or an F. Um, There's just so many things that kids are dealing with at home um, that I just, I don't understand how we could fairly assign grades to students. And to the point of like a kid that's already failing, up until like yesterday, really, I was thinking to myself, all right, if, if they already had zeros, if they or if we were already planning on keeping them back, like it makes sense to do so. However, you're taking that chunk of time that you're assuming that they, that they weren't going to make up that, that work in the time that they were come back. Would they probably not? Probably not. Right. Like they'd probably continue to do nothing, but you're kind of taking that possibility and assuming the worst. So there's just a that that's my main point. I have a couple other reasons why I agree, but um but again it's it's not easy. I'm not I'm not saying it's an easy decision. See, I then, totally see, see my side. see I'm gonna tell you then, um, if this is the case and we're worried about equitable and you can't teach this way even though there are online schools that do exist and I know we're not prepared for this, then there should be no grades. School should end. It it's it's done. You don't grade them. Like I don't yep. see where you can give somebody an A and have it on a transcript and right. then they're competing with other people. If you if you either are going to have school and you're going to do work online and continue learning as educators or school, if, if, if it's impossible and school is ending, then school should end. And they only have two semesters worth of grades. Um, 
I do think we have enough grades third quarter to personally that I would probably have gone ahead and posted third quarter grades as is from the time that they left. Um, I think that we make a lot of excuses for kids um, in order for them not to for the very small percentage of kids that can't due to um, having issues or problems at school. I just think that um, this right now is not a well thought out plan of what we did. We just closed schools down with no plans. There were schools across the country that had things in place for online learning. Um, I don't think we're asking a lot for kids to do work that they've already are used to doing. Maybe, and I, he wrote uh, that pass fail. I'm not a big pass fail person either, but um, you know, because of those kids that actually put effort into their work. So I just think that this whole idea of grading in a time like this is kind of silly to be honest. Um, I know from I can talk equitable and equity and I can cite stuff where this author, unfortunately, I thought his article was poorly written. He cited no evidence um, except for through feeling. Um, if you're going to look at, you know, equity and um, his, historically Jamestown, Jamestown originally settled was based on that premises that everyone would get the same thing. And it, and it almost failed until um, John Smith came in there and basically said, hey, um, you know, you're going to work and you get to keep what you earn. And we have taxes and we'll pay taxes that way. If you don't work, you're going to have nothing and you're going to fail as a colonist. Um, and that's happened um, in other places throughout history, too. You can even look at literature, um, Animal Farm, prime example of failed equity. Everybody's going to get the same thing. Um, Soviet Union, innovation drops off because why bother? So I'm kind of in that. If we're just going to look at it just for the pandemic reason, I don't know if we should be grading at all. But if um, or doing work at all or going through this rigmarole of having pretend school, you either have school, or you don't have school. Uh, so it's kind of yeah. Can I jump? What in was the line, um, Miss Levin from Animal Farm? All all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. Right. Very famous yeah. line. Very Orwellian. Yeah. Um, let me just pause for a sec. We have a couple people on the line. I see uh, oh, the people on, on the line. We have a couple students on the line. Um, oh, let's nice. just put on, yeah, let's 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 put on um, one of our colleagues in Everett Public Schools, Mr. Mr. Wright from fifth grade these days, right? Hello. Who? Hi, Chris. Are you here? Yes. Can you hear me? Yep, we're on the air. So this is so this is Mr. Wright. Mr. Wright, you're on the Mama Lovett show um, with myself, Ms. Lovett, physics teacher, Miss um, Mara, um, special ed teacher, and Mr. Jaffe, science teacher. Um, Chris, you want to talk a little bit about where kind of where you stand on this question about student work during the the pandemic? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, I guess the short answer is I don't even really know where I stand. You know, if I'm being honest. Uh, and, and so I came across this this article uh, from a grad school friend of mine last week, and and the lead or the headline, I think, you know, should everyone, you know, give them all A's, felt pretty provocative to me. And um, you know, so I clicked on it, expecting, it, you know, like when I started reading it, I was like, no, of course not. You know, why? You know, that that's like kind of anathema to everything that I've always felt. You know, as a teacher, I've never given anyone any uh any grade that i didn't think they they earned or whatever and you know 
Um, and then as I was reading it, I find myself kind of like surprisingly agreeing with the premise, uh, even though it seemed like kind of like an extreme conclusion uh, that everyone should get A's. And um, it, it felt like it was just putting together like a lot of thoughts that I didn't even know I was having, like, you know, cause I, I kind of was just, you know, like everyone else, confused and just along for the ride right now and kind of like well whatever happens happens and I'll go along with whatever uh, the best plan is or whatever death he decides or whatever school administrators decide um, and wasn't really like actively thinking about it too much but then this article kind of like put my thoughts into words that I didn't even realize I was having in a way and it still seems like an extreme thing and I don't even know that I fully agree with it but it just seems like we're running out of other options, you know? Um, and, and I think it's like part of it is like, it's just such an, it's just such a once in a lifetime moment right now that I think like, like I agree with, with everyone, like in normal times, you know, this is like, so against everything that we stand for as educators. Um, in terms of, uh, I don't know, motivation or accountability or whatever. Um, and I use, like, mandatory – I mean, we all do. It's, like, anything that I want done in a meaningful way in my classroom, I kind of have to make it, like, a mandatory – or, like, weight it heavily or count it as a quiz or a test or else it won't really right. happen. Um, right. Yeah. And, and now it's, like – we could do that and we would get more work. We would certainly get more work than we were getting right now. Um, like I'm getting nothing uh, from my honor students, from, you know, my journalism. Yeah. Well, almost nothing, you know, um, because the, right now it's optional or extra credit. And if it were mandatory, yeah, I'd get a lot more, but then, you know, what do you do with the kids, the kids who don't do it when you make it mandatory? Cause once you make it mandatory, then you kind of like they're going to call your bluff or something. So you, do you fail? Like, and that's where yeah. it kind of hits me. That's like, I don't have the same justification to fail kids who don't do it. If it's, if we make it mandatory right now mm-hmm. in this pandemic, because no one knows what they're doing right now. And, and Chris says there's really high stakes for your kids being in 12th grade that, you know, if you they have to pass four years of English. And so if you if they yeah. get an F, in English four, then they're not, they're not graduating. If, and when we actually do have a graduation or even if there's just a diploma, they don't get that diploma. I mean, who knows about summer school? Like we've always used that in the past that EHS, Oh yeah, you have to go to summer school, blah, blah, blah. But what if there is no summer school? What if, what if there's no tomorrow? Yeah. yeah I, I think we're talking about yeah. three big questions here. And like the first one obviously is like, should the online work be mandatory? And that was one of the, the poll questions I put out on Google classroom. And, if it is mandatory or not mandatory, number two is, you know, what, what, what should our expectations be for students during distance learning? I mean, some schools, I know uh, Brandy Coffey, who's a teacher at the Kavarian School, also in our English department, said her daughter is in ninth grade at Essex Tech, and they've been doing mandatory distance learning every single day since day one. I know some other people that are at other independent schools and Catholic schools and, they're, and even public schools that are keeping since day one they've been – they've been having to turn in stuff every single day. 
And is that too much? I mean, is, should we expect our kids to do four Zoom calls every day or five Zoom calls for every class? Or, I mean, what's the appropriate level of work we should expect? And then the last one is, you know, what would be grade? Like, like how would these things be graded for sure? Let's just get another um, student on the line. Let's get a student perspective. So um, coming on right now, let's have Tiana. So Tiana, are you, on, are you there, hon? Yeah. Hey, so what's up? How are you? Good to hear from you. Yeah, thank you. All right. What do you think about um, this whole thing from a student perspective? Did you do the survey that I put out? Yeah, but I just want to say something about um, give all students A's. Um, yeah. Students should get an A because, like, some people who have been working hard on the, like, their work and put effort in it should probably get the A's, but, like, who spends the much time, like, doing their work and, like, putting all their effort into it should get the A's, but, like, students, like, who don't really care about the work and, like, don't put any effort in it really shouldn't get the A's because that's not fair. Yes, Tiana, that's exactly what that, – that's what Ms. Levitt said and grabbed, uh, grabbed me, that, that, I, that kids who do the work should get the A's, and kids who don't get do the work don't get the A's. That's yeah. how it is in life. But You're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. But can I ask a question that kind of, because I totally see your point, Tiana, like 100%. And, and like, like uh, Chris had said, which I thought he said so well, it's like in any other circumstance, I think that this, that argument would be 100% valid. But with this new situation going on where, you know, I guess, I guess I would pose the hypothetical of like, what if, you know, a student is taking care of a sibling full-time which is very real like there's lots of our kids that are right now basically a parent to a younger sibling is it fair to expect the same workload of them as it is to a child that has both parents at home you know meals cooked for them every day um, you know schedules written out for them is it Mm -hmm. fair to assign the same the same expectations of us of that student over another student so that's where my kind of where I have the hardest time figuring that out. And my answer yeah. is just always going to be 100%. I cannot, I cannot morally, you know, fail a student that has that kind of, that kind of hardship on their plate. Yeah, it's a great point. I, I, I've been like struggling with this. I've been going back and forth on both. That's why I was really, I'm really happy to have um, everyone on here discussing this today. And I, I just want to hear what the students wanted to say too. And it's interesting because most of the students, see it from Tiana's perspective a lot of but then from the polls that I saw and we we can go over some numbers a little bit later but there is some selection bias in the polls and the kids that are going to be the kids that are whose opinions are in the poll are the ones that they're the ones that are checking their google classroom they're the ones that are doing their work those are the ones that are doing that so it's not I don't think it's 100 percent accurate but it's interesting to look at I mean there is a question of sort of fairness and like Levitt said like if I'm a student and I hear, I'm just going to get A's the rest of the year. I'm like, all right, see ya. You know, I'm on summer vacation. And I just think of, I look at the students that we have, that, and, and we did our Zoom on Monday with our eighth grade class. And, you know, it's just maybe five or six of us as teachers and what do we have, like 30-something students. And just listening to them, they're talking about how they're sleeping till one, two o'clock in the afternoon. They're on video games, like 16, 17 hours a day. There are other, there are some girls that are like, there's one girl in particular, I won't say her name, but she's like, Oh, 
We don't have to do work. All right. Well, peace. Like that's, that's like, I would do it if it was mandatory, but I'm not doing it. Like, and Miss coffee said that about her own daughter too, that her daughter's in eighth grade in the Peabody schools. And she's like, well, I'm not going to do any work. It's not going to count, but they would do it. If we just basically said you had to do it and then maybe deal with the, deal with those special cases, Miss Mara, like you talked about later, but I mean, part of me just thinks of doing a huge disservice to a huge chunk of our kids in Everett who could do it, don't have a ton of responsibilities at home. They probably have some. I'm not, I don't want to like judge anyone or you know poo-poo anyone's circumstances because you can't do that unless you walk a mile in someone's shoes. But there's, I wonder if like there's more kids that we could be helping and what the greater good. Um, we have another. I, yeah, go ahead, Miss I just want to just point out, I agree. Like, that's part of my thing. It's like, we're not, we can't make an assumption just because of where we teach and assume that kids don't have the ability or um, they have all these hardships. There are some that definitely do, but to make a a broad assumption um, that they don't, but there are kids I know that don't have these hardships and have, um, and they don't have people they're not checking their Google classrooms or doing anything. And I think this is where I have my issues. I think, unfortunately, schools were underprepared for this whole thing. And mm-hmm. that's why I'm, I, I struggle with the idea of, okay, just giving a blanket grade across for everybody to make things fair. Because if, as an educator, even if the following year, um, and I was a high school teacher and I gave all A's out. And now I, as a country, we know that this is done you're not going to judge those semesters when you're looking at them, especially going into college and stuff like that. I mean, colleges already know, you know, what districts, you know, give out more, you know, grades are easier to get than other districts and they do judge them accordingly. Unfortunately. The the college thing brings up a whole other level of equity. Let's just, let me just quickly get on um, Ms. Filippo and, uh, she can, she's been on hold for about 10 minutes now. Hi, Missy Filippo. How are you? You're on the air with the Mama Hi. Lego. Hi, Missy Filippo. Missy Filippo, my former student. <laughs> also your former student, yes. Did you ever have Mr. Um, Wright? Did you have Mr. I Wright for didn't, you? I didn't, but I know. No, I didn't, oh, okay. but I know who he is. But Mr. Wright, we have um, every public school graduate, Ashley D. Filippo, also Madeline English. I think, English yeah, I, I think I, uh, I, I know who Ashley is. I think he's in the meeting. Yeah. Back in the days we had meetings, which haven't happened in years now. But That's right, yeah. I know. <laughs> Maybe we'll have one on Zoom soon. <laughs> um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to weigh in on this. Like, I was having a lot of thoughts about it because at first I was like, absolutely not. Like, we should not give A's to students. Um, and so I do agree with Lovett in that way, but I also do agree with Ms. Mara um about like being equitable and like reaching all students um but the thing is like i think there's more of a solution to it like i don't think it has to be one way or another it's kind of a gray area um and i feel like a solution that i've seen some other districts talk about doing would be like a pass fail system um that only would work for the third and like third and or fourth quarter. So they'd still have their two grades for first quarter and second quarter. Um, and then for third and fourth, they could get pass or fail and sort of average that in. And I think that equalizes it for special ed students because as long as they're putting an effort 
even if they're struggling, we're still going to give them a pass. And then students who are doing absolutely nothing would get an F. And if they did well the first and second quarter, that would average in and they wouldn't fail for the year. But, like, realistically, if we're thinking of our population, and, like, I'm thinking of my students specifically, there's probably about 10 students out of the 89 that have, you know, absolutely no way of getting on the computer. And kids that have, like, these crazy responsibilities, which I totally understand. Um, but with that being said, we also know that when they're in school, like, half of the students that do have these responsibilities also have these responsibilities while they're at school, even when they go home. Um, and we usually treat that on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And I feel like as mm -hmm. teachers and educators, we can still treat that on a one-on-one -on -one basis, students that we know are struggling. And I think asking them to do one assignment or get on iReady for 30 minutes isn't really asking too much for them. Yeah. Of them. That's what I was, um, that's what I was thinking earlier about I our, ex, our level of expectations. Like, what are our expectations? I mean, like, if we're expecting them to go on for four hours a day and do a six, seven hours of work as if they're in school, it's completely and totally unrealistic. Well, even, even for the kids who don't have responsibilities at home, they right. have lots of, well, even the kids, like, for my daughter, you know, like, my daughter has two parents, two teachers at home, educated people, and she has all those advantages. But she's, she can't sit and do six hours of work like she would in a normal first grade day. But dude, they actually don't really do that much. I mean, there's a lot of transition time and stuff. So Levin made this point the other day. Like, in reality, like, school is like 20 minutes. Like, by the time you get to everyone settled down and seated and, like, in between classes and they shut up when they sit down. It's like, it's really only about yeah. It's like that line from Office Space where, where they ask him about his work day. He's just like, you know, I say in a given week I do about 15 minutes of real actual work. And I was thinking about that the other day too, Ryan. I'm like, well, how much, I mean, how much does she actually do in a regular school day? I mean, she got, you know, gym and music and all those things are really valuable, but it's like, they probably do about a half hour of intense reading, you know, a day. Right. So um, Mr. Wright, your Not daughter is, is she in first grade? Yes. And, and where does she go to school? Uh, she goes to school uh, in Ipswich, Doyon Elementary in Ipswich. Yeah. Yeah. What what kind of uh, what kind of things has, has she been getting for learning activities and whatnot? Um, you know, not that much. Uh, although, as we're speaking, I just saw an email coming in from her teacher about seesaw. I'm not sure what seesaw is, but. Um, She's got like an online reading site, Lexia, that she can that she's had all year. She didn't use that much where she can go, and they're kind of like sending one or two things per day, just like small little things. There's a math activity she can do that's like a five ten minute thing, and um, I don't. It kind of feels about right in a way because it's it's not too overwhelming. I feel like you know, but it's something. It's enough to to keep them somewhat engaged. But she hasn't done any, like, Zoom. She's done it with friends, but she hasn't done any, like, classroom Zoom meetings yet. I don't know if that's coming in the future or not. It's tricky, you know, because, like, I'm kind of most concerned. I don't know if it's just because it's my daughter, you know, but, like, that age, that first grade age range, like, I know seniors, which I teach, are kind of like the other end of the spectrum, and those that's, like, um, there's some issues yeah. with seniors as well, yeah. but like the first graders, second graders, like that's kind of what I think about the most. Like, are they mm -hmm. losing, like the, the, this valuable time on reading? Like my daughter is like, you know, 
needs the practice for reading, you know, so she doesn't, right. doesn't fall too far behind. And I don't want to stress it, stress it out or, or go to, you know, push her too much or make her hate it, you know, uh, but I don't want it to be like a lost year. And then all of a sudden, you know, three, four years down the line, you know, they don't, they, you know, they miss this like huge formative time in their reading development. Especially at that age, because I know, you know, Chris, I know your daughter was born like a week after m- my daughter or something like that. The two weeks. It was very, very yeah. close. And um, yep. I, I remember reading about how when was, first grade is the most important year of your school, of your school experience, because it's when you really start to read. And if you if you don't, if, if you have a bar- if you have a poor teacher, if you don't get to practice, if you don't have good attendance, then you're basically behind for life in first grade. So that's a valid, that's a valid concern for sure. Um, but you know, not all our kids, our younger grades have that sort of structure. I know my daughter on the zoom meetings they have, um, they don't get everybody on. I mean, there's like 19 kids in her class. I think she had like, you know, 10 or 11. And the last one they had before it was uh, forbidden by the Woody school administration. Um, but they're going to try to do another way of, of doing that. Um, Hey, can, can I just jump in for one second? Yeah, go ahead, Mr. Jaffe. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm at, so I don't know if the students know, and I think the teachers know, that in Boston there's a court case going on now. It's called Varsity Blues, and a lot of rich people and even, like, stars uh, went to this guy who was in Boston and had their kids uh, – uh, he, he said to – he made their kids uh, – on uh, teams that they weren't on in high school in order to get them into these elite colleges, Harvard, Yale, University of Southern California. And he had people take their uh, SATs and ACT tests for them. And the parents were caught, and some of them went to jail. And it just takes this giving everybody an A to an extreme that the parents didn't want their kids to do the work or didn't think their kids could do the work. So they had to hire someone to do the work for their kids. Yeah. Um, so they wanted them, they wanted them to get the reward of having the high grade without actually putting in the reason in the first place. And, some, and, and uh, what struck me what Ms. Levin has said was some of the parents did write letters to the judge hoping that they wouldn't go to jail. And the parents who wrote letters, they were published in the paper, said that they felt that they were humiliated what they did to their kids and embarrassed and they have to work on their relationship and don't think that they could ever get over this. But they also apologize to the kids who work really hard every day and get and try to get into these um, schools the right way. And they knew that their kids took their seats away and how wrong it was. So we've got to have a way to judge kids and their ability and giving them all A's, um, you know, isn't going to do it. Yeah, um, Ms. Mara, a question for you, because I know you had mentioned yeah. something from the article, um, from Dr. Rustin's article, about his comparison to the stimulus check that is yeah. being sent out hopefully very soon for most of us. Yeah. But, yeah, can you talk about that a little bit? Um, oh, there's so much I want to say right now. But, yeah, um, so I kind of, as I was reading the article, I was thinking of, like, a metaphor for it. and. And I was thinking about the stimulus check. And when we first heard we were going to get a stimulus check, I was thinking to myself, you know, do I really need that money? You know, no. You know, does, could it go to the better cause? Sure. 
but how would the government kind of determine, like, what if the stimulus check was based off of, you know, how hard you worked or, you know, how much savings you had amassed in the past 10 years, you know, and would that be fair to then, you know, give out money based on that? And the answer is kind of like, no, you just have to blanket, give everyone, you have to assume the benefit of the doubt and like give everyone the same amount of money, I guess is how it works. It's not the best comparison, but it helped me kind of think about this a little bit better. And again, just to like speak to Ms. Levitt's point, because I totally agree with like how, and not to like down anyone in the district. I know this is like just such an unprecedented thing, but we are so unprepared. And I think the thing that gets to me the most is expecting teachers and then, and then in turn expecting students to be kind of like fall in line with, with a system that is nowhere near ready to be set up to do this kind of, you know, calculating and grading and things like that. And that's what bugs me the most is like, we as teachers need professional training in how to use these systems. And until we are comfortable doing that, I don't feel right. And I will refuse to grade a kid based on a system that I'm not even ready to use yet. So, yeah. And especially, you said to grade a kid, especially to fail a kid and say, you failed. Yeah, I think, Mr. McGowan, I just want to make one point, like, or two points. One, I, Ms. Filippo made a very good point about, like, the pass-fail and doing work or not and because of the time that we're in, and um, that makes sense because um, it's hard to fail somebody when they've been, don't, then we're not in school. But two, when it comes to the stimulus checks, just that comparison alone, it is not true. If you didn't, if you are making a combined salary of a hundred thousand dollars or more in a married family, um, you are not receiving a stimulus check. Yeah, one fifty. Yeah, like that that notion that everyone is receiving a stimulus check is is not true, and they have capped it, and there are limits to who can receive it and who cannot receive it, which is a whole other argument in general. Is that fair or equitable in general when we talk equitable? So I always laugh because equitable seems to be okay if it's going for the half, if people who are more disadvantaged or on an extreme or something. Um, but like, it's, it's, it's a dangerous argument that we, we, we ponder into. And um, I think at the time being, I think Misty Filippo made a very good point. Um, there's a lot of grades with our situation that we're in right now. And that um, to just give A's or give grades out is kind of silly. And as Ms. Mara just pointed out, we're not trained for this. We've not had a chance to use this. Neither have our students. Like I put my students on online textbooks once or twice and they had a hard time with them and need me to help them get on and navigate through it. So like, I wouldn't even bother using that right now. Um, so like, I think there's a lot of things. And I, I will say this. I thought today's conversation was good. And it was nice to hear different mm-hmm. points of views and everything about this kind of, things that I don't know if they're being questioned or asked or really thought and mulled over and just trying to make rash decisions to get to say we did something. So Yeah, I mean there was a there was a discussion that came about yesterday and I, I couldn't find this anywhere, but someone some of them I'm friends with on social media had posted this thing about how Charlie Baker said we're gonna go through and have the MCAS this year, but it's gonna be it's it's going to be I don't know, I, I, I couldn't find anything. I, I went looking for some audio or something in this press conference yesterday and I think I think what happened was the person that posted this was a little bit misinformed, so I'm not going to go into it. But that's a whole other question mm-hmm. about I mean, some of the districts in Massachusetts have been doing this in the beginning and some of them aren't. And we're going to hold them, hold us all to the same standards. And like I said, I have a friend of mine who used to be an EHS teacher and she's now at a school in Connecticut. 
and they have in their contract, you, you talk about being prepared. They have like a snow day contract where if they cancel school, then they're on their computer from 740 to like 1130 and they have like protocols for that. And so they've just been following their like snow day protocol. And I mean, I don't know if you could fault anyone because I don't, I don't ever saw like a pandemic happening, but I mean, mm-hmm. that maybe we learned a valuable lesson about being prepared for anything. Like what if we, okay. what if there was like a, a war or something? Like what, what do we do? Like we have to have those sort of contingency plans. Agreed. Can yeah. I just say yeah. something else? Go ahead. Go ahead, Ms. Mara. Um, I think that as I'm thinking about solutions, um, because obviously there's not an easy solution to this, um, I think that one one avenue we need to start thinking that or going down is like up until now, grades have for the most part been the main motivator for kids. You know, even the kids that don't like to work, you know, they know that to get into college, to get into this, like they need to get a good grade and now we're, we have to start thinking about other ways to motivate and like other lessons to do that are engaging because just posting a worksheet on Google Classroom like isn't going to cut it at this point if we really want kids to learn. So it's yeah. going to start like seeing a lot of new creative ways to get kids engaged and care about their learning because the point it's not like we're trying to pull the wool over kids eyes like education is important. We know that as adults, but to get them to do stuff at their age they don't have the same wisdom and they don't have the same motivation that we do. So we have to start like thinking of new ways to do that. Yeah. I think it has to be some kind of a, of a hybrid of pushing them harder to do things, but also meeting them kind of where they're at um, at the same time. Let's um, let me read a couple of things. So I've had, I've had responses from a number of students who wanted to, they preferred to write their thoughts on this rather than, rather than call in. Um, it's what's interesting is that I haven't heard a written piece from any student or even because since Tiana called in and said she didn't think so either. I haven't heard any students say that they think all students should get A's. Now, again, that's some selection bias because the kids who are likely to think that are the ones that are probably not going to take the time to write a bit of a, no, just a very short paragraph. It doesn't have to be very long. But here's one. Um, Sophia says, in my opinion, I don't think students should get A's just because of the coronavirus. I think if a student has a D in the class and they do the work, the grade should change to a higher one. But if the student has a D and doesn't do the work, I think the grade should stay the same or if the teacher feels like it, then lower it. I think the student should do at least some of the work, but it doesn't have to be mandatory if the teacher doesn't want it to be. If you think about it, even if we're in school, most students don't do the work even if they have to. So even if teachers make the work mandatory, there's still going to be students who don't do the work. Very true. And this is the part that I thought was really interesting about Sophia's response. So this is Sophia I. I know some students who think if they don't do the work, it doesn't matter, but some teachers need to step up and maybe make some things mandatory because if we don't do work for a long amount of time, most of us will forget it. I speak for myself when I say I don't mind doing the work, but others do. Since this whole virus has gotten out, some students have to help around the house a little more, like the article said, and some of them don't have a lot of time to get the work done. But if they're committed and want to do the work, some teachers can extend the date for them. I don't think all students should just get all A's because of this pandemic because it wouldn't be fair for the people who actually do the work for other students to just get A's for doing nothing. So that's one, Sophia. Miss um, <laughs> Mahara, do you want to, can you read the, um, the response from our other Sophia that kind of argued the opposite? So I actually that- don't have it pulled up in front of me, but I do remember what she said. So Sophia okay. L actually wrote in um, 
Thank you for writing in, Sophia. And just said that, you know, when when we're at home or when, you know, when they're at home, yes, they have their parents, if they're lucky, you know, to, to help them. But she just said, she made a good point, you know, like our teachers are trained, like for a reason, um, you know, they go to school, they get these degrees, especially, you know, special ed teachers, like to really help particular learning uh, difficulties. So she just said it was kind of unfair to expect, you know, to be graded based on at home learning. So there, yeah. there was one voice side, which I appreciate. Yeah. And, and I'm sure there's, and there's more people that think that, I mean, I'm just kind of being a little bit, um, what's the word? I, I, I'm not expecting a whole lot. Cause I do think a lot of kids would be like, Oh, just, we're getting it. Just, you know, that's kind of like the basic response, but there are a lot of kids out there that will have thoughtful reasons as to why they don't think they should be graded. Let me just read one more. Um, Cause we're actually gone over our time today and we still have to get some trivia. Um, this is from Lily. Uh, Lily D. In my opinion, I don't think we should all get A's. I know a lot of people would like getting A's, which makes them happy and which makes them think they passed the grade. That's good, I guess, but there are a few cons to it. My biggest con is, say you get your report card in the mail and you unexpectedly get an A. You get confused and you think, how did I get an A? I was struggling so much. You were really struggling with the subject and now you suddenly get an A? Exclamation point, question mark. You think that there is some mistake because you showed to the teacher that you were clearly struggling. You don't understand how you got an A. My point is I think we should all get the grade that matches your level understanding of the subject. Even though it might not be a good grade, it's still fair, not just because everyone else is getting an A. And then she says, that leads me to my next con. Say you think that you were struggling with the subject, you get an A, yada, yada. Anyways, they get so happy that they got an A, even though it makes no sense. The report card makes them believe that they got an A. What I'm trying to say is that you, the teachers, would get the kids' hopes up, making them believe that they are really doing well in the subject when they are not. The teachers, who will be give, the teachers will be giving false information to the kids and technically lying to them. It would be really sad to find out that the grade that I got wasn't what I actually got. The grade that I would have got was much lower. In conclusion, I don't think that we should all get A's. So, nice. interesting. That's well yeah, I mean, I thought that was very, very well. Insightful. That was very yeah, well thoughtful. awarded. And some, both of yeah. them, uh, both, Sophia, both Sophia's and Lily, that we read, they both had some really interesting ideas because I hadn't thought about that before. And I, I want to see it from a student's yeah. perspective. That's why I wanted to get that. Um, last thing for this before we move on to trivia. And I Mr. Like Wright, if you want to see Yeah, definitely. And I'm going to keep this open. So if more kids want to, I got, I've gotten 20 responses and it's kind of my fault. I should have posted it earlier yesterday. Um, I posted it kind of later in the day yesterday and made the due date for this morning. So be ready for the podcast, but we got 20 responses, which will kind of be good for math here. And um, the first, the first survey question I had, we did it as a strongly disagree, disagree, agree, and strongly agree. It says the ever public school should make it mandatory for students to complete online distance learning assignments. One student said strongly agree and nine said agree. So they're split half, half the students agreed and half disagreed. Um, only two students said strongly disagree. Um, oh, just got another one just came in just now. <laughs> now we're on 21, so the math is a little bit off. Um, number two says, all students should receive A's for the third and fourth quarter, regardless of how much online work they complete. 42% of the kids that responded strongly agreed with that, and one agreed. So there were 10 students. So again, they're split half and half. Half the students believe that agree that students should receive A's, and the other half said no. 
students should not receive A's. Um, next one was, if online work was made mandatory, each class should be graded as pass-fail. And two people said strongly agree, and seven people said agree. So that's nine out of 21. So more people disagreed about the pass-fail option. Um, interesting, because that's kind of like how our specialist classes are all done. And we, we've had that discussion this year a lot, especially you and me, Miss Levitt, about um, whether whether getting away from pass fail would motivate kids to take it a little more seriously. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other one I want to point out, which I thought was, was uh, number five was every school district in Massachusetts should be doing the same thing with regard to distance learning, either mandatory for everyone or not mandatory at all. Right. And that's important. Or, yep. It's, it, because if we're going to have equity in the state, we have to, I mean, it, it's a tough question because, Education is controlled by the local school boards. You know, like we can't mm-hmm. have like a national thing. It's even hard to have a state thing. You know, it's all tied into, into money. Like all our national standards, it's all just tied into money. Like Trump just can't come out and say like, oh, you have to have tests. It's all tied into money. There's consequences As my kids learned, it's called um, regulated um, federalism, it's, it's, where yeah, they hold the carrot instead of you so the federal government can make you do what you want. They tell yeah, the states, if you want the money, you're going to do exactly what we say. Isn't that the Commerce Clause, right? You don't Where want to do what we want? Yeah. No, it's the not government a, can entice yeah, you can by giving you financial clause. incentives. But it's, yeah, and it's and the, the whole idea is, is that, like, this is why the federal government has been taking more. It's local and state governments can say, no, we're not taking any money, and they can still keep autonomy over what they're, they're, they would like to do. But um, it's interesting. Money talks. But I do think, like you said, if if Massachusetts, maybe during a pandemic or a crisis, the state itself should decide how are we going? Are we going to mandate that all schools do it Mm -hmm. or not mandate it? I mean, some schools jump the gun. I mean, like we canceled school on March 12th, like a day or two before a lot of people did. And then right away, I mean, some schools canceled on the Friday, the day after we did. And then Monday morning, they were doing distance learning and they and like no one really knew what the what the deal was. The one about what should it be mandatory? Eighty five percent of our students said that it should be. It should be all. No, um, I worded that wrong. Um, it should be all or nothing. It should be everyone's either doing mandatory or everyone's doing not mandatory. It's not fair for kids at Essex Tech to have mandatory learning, and the kids and their their very own sister, one year younger at in Peabody at their at the Higgins Middle School, um, does not have to do it. So the mm-hmm. same amount of same amount of taxes, same household, same um, same tuition. For I mean, private schools at the whole of the different issue because they're paying tuition, and you know, if you're paying, you got to get something from it, and you know, but it's like the same amount of tax money is being sent out for everyone for their public schools, and we're not. It's not equitable. It's not the same. And I think we're trying to do create some equity by giving out the Chromebooks. And when I was donating, when I was distributing the Chromebooks yesterday, we. Um, Every every bag has I don't know if you saw this Miss Mara, every bag has a has a information about getting free wireless connections for low income families. We were told to ask every person that came up whether they had Wi Fi and internet connection at home. And if not, um to into the instructions on how to try to get a online um or a Wi Fi connection. So that was that was interesting. I mean, everyone's very split. I mean, even among our, our team, we're pretty split. Among, I mean, myself, I'm, I'm not sure which. I, I tend to lean more to the Mama Levitt side because 
I do think that what we do every day is really important. And I think kids should still, they should be reading, they should be writing. And I think the parents need some kind of direction from us as to what the kids should be doing all day. You know, if we're telling yeah. them that, yeah, we'll give them this work, but it's, it's not, it's, just, it's optional, it's extra credit. Well, I think the parents are looking, and I don't know this for a fact, this is just my gut feeling. I think the parents mm-hmm. are looking to us for some kind of help in managing the situation because they have all this stress at home too. Because it becomes I, an I, argument I, at home. Yeah, right. My, right. My own friends who are, who are, um, who are teachers. And Ms. Mara shared with me earlier, there was um, a thing that Ms. Filippo had from a parent that just said, uh, my daughter can't get on whatever. I have to go to work. I'm over it. It is what it is. Like something like that. And the parent, they have sometimes the parents have more important things to worry about than you know is their is their student reading their common lit right now. I think that uh, well, I'll shut up. But we, I, I feel like this conversation isn't really over, and we're going to have a lot more to talk about as the days go on because I got I have so much to say, and I agree with no. so much of everything that's being said. It's definitely not over, and I, I blame Chris Wright for for making this public. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Wright, this is all your fault. And uh, yeah, it's like opening a, like a can of snakes or whatever, you know. Just a Pandora. Yeah. Like, this is like it's a big topic, you know. And right. uh, I, I think like you know, thanks for having me on, and, and thanks for talking about it. And th- this just sort of hit right as like something to get us all thinking, you know. It's like, geez, what yeah. what do we do? It's such a big decision, you know. And I know, um, you know, our, our principal, uh, Ms. Tringali, has been in contact with us about just about this idea. And I, I don't know if she's listening or not, but um, she wanted me to send her some of the data from the students and some of the things that the kids say. So we'll be sharing that with her, too. Um, Mr. Wright, right. You going to stick around for trivia? Uh, sure. All right. Good. Let's I move into this. This has been a great conversation. Let's move on to a little bit of trivia. All right, time for trivia. Stump chump, as you want to call it. Um, our score, we're all tied up. Scott Lovett has two wins. Emma, Miss Mara has two wins. And Mr. Jaffe has two wins. I'm going to throw Mr. Wright on here, too. He could be like a total wild card, which could throw away throw out all, the whole balance of power in our, in our trivia competition. So let's go. Today's, today's topic is sports. And I'm just going to make a quick score sheet here. So we've got Levitt, we've got Mara, we've got Mr. Wright, and we've got Mr. Jaffe. So what we'll do is we'll do well, – let's do a full lightning round with this one. Um, I will give you – so it's either, we're going to pay tribute to the two professional sports who had to cancel or suspend their seasons and might actually end up canceling the whole thing, and no one really knows yet. But we've got the NHL and the NBA, the National Hockey League and the National Basketball Association. So what I'm going to do, we're not going to do every team, but I will give you, I will tell you first which sport it is. And then I will tell you either the city or the nickname. And then you have to give me the other one. So, for example, if I said hockey, Boston, you would chime in and you would say? Bruins. Bruins, right? So, okay. Chris, so when, you, when, you, when, you have, when you're trying to buzz in, you have to say your last name. 
So you, you say right, she'll, they'll say love it, Jaffe Mara. Whoever goes first, whoever gets it in first, I'll call their name to give their answer. And this, let me get my sound ready. And okay. All right, good. Everyone ready? Ready. ready. All okay. right, let's go. Let the healing begin. First of all, we got basketball, Chicago. Love it. Uh, Love it. Bulls. <laughs> One for Levitt. All right, let's go hockey, Colorado. Jaffe. Right. Jaffe. Avalanche. Good. One for Jaffe. Let's go basketball, Detroit. Jaffe. Jaffe. Pistons. That's right. Let's go um, hockey, the Senators. Love it. Mara. Love it. Washington, D.C. Jaffe. Jaffe. Ottawa. Ottawa is correct. The Ottawa Senators. Um, Let's go to basketball. Um, The 76ers. Jaffe. Levitt was first. Philadelphia. That's correct. All right, let's go to hockey. Um, Arizona. Mr. Wright. Coyotes. All right, Mr. Wright is on the board. All right. Um, let's go back to basketball, and we have Oklahoma City. Jaffe. Right. Jaffe. Thunder. All right, quick score update. Lovett has three. Jaffe has three. Wright has one. Mara has zero. All right, let's go on to let's go to the hockey. So let's go second quarter. Um, hockey, Pittsburgh. Jaffe, right. Jaffe. Penguins. Sorry about that. You didn't hit the button. Yep, that's correct, Mr. Jaffe. Uh, let's go to basketball in Milwaukee. Jaffe, right. Jaffe. Bucks. Yep, Fox is correct. Let's go to hockey. Uh, the Predators. Where the Predators play? Right. 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 Nashville. That's correct. Right has two. Miss Mara still still waiting to get on the board. Um, <laughs> let's go to basketball. The Magic. Love it. Jaffe. Right. Love it. Orlando. That's correct. The Orlando Magic. All right, hockey. We've got the let's see, hockey. The Islanders. Jaffe. Jaffe. Long Island. I'm not gonna be able to accept that. Right. Oh, I know. The why. Islanders. Right, Mr. Wright. New York. Yeah, that's correct. New York. I mean, technically they do play on Long Island, but there's is the New York Islanders. Um, let's see. Hockey, the Rangers. Jaffe. Jaffe. New York. That's correct. Let's go to basketball. The Knicks. Mara. Jaffe. Mara. New York. <laughs> New York. Yeah, I had to. Uh, <laughs> I had to. I tried to throw one to um, to Miss Mara so she could see the pattern going on there. Um, let's see. Let's do. We have five more. Um, let's go to hockey. The Golden Knights. Right. Right. 
The Vegas Golden Knights is correct. And let's go basketball. The Warriors. Jaffe. Go, Jaffe. Um, oh, my God. Is it um, Oak, um, Oakland? No, I know that was yeah, right. oh that's where they play, but that's not the the, the team is called. Uh, the Warriors of basketball. Right. Mr. Wright. Golden State. Oh, yeah. yeah, Golden State. Golden State you know, is correct. Right about Oakland. We got, yeah, we we got three more here. Let's do um, basketball. The Jazz. Love it. Mara. Jaffe. We'll love it. Utah. Utah. So much jazz music in Utah. They're known for their known for their <laughs> jazz music. You know, these used to be New Orleans jazz. That's why it's the jazz. They used to be, um, yeah, I have a jazz. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. We have two left. Oh, the score update. Levitt has five. Mara has one. Wright has five. Jaffe has six. And we have two left to go. So right now Jaffe's in the lead. Levitt and Wright need one to tie, two to win. Um, let's go to hockey. The Jets. Jaffe. Jaffe. Winnipeg. That's correct. And let's go to basketball, Washington. Mara? Right. Mara. Uh, Spurs? <laughs> oh, love That's it. not nice. She's <laughs> not that? nice. <laughs> hey, I thought nice that was funny. All. The crowd thought that was funny. It's not my fault. The crowd, the, the crowd thought it was funny. Love it. What do you got? The Wizards. The Washington is correct. <laughs> final, final score: Miss Mara with one, Mister Wright with five, Miss Levitt with six, Mister Jaffe with seven. So congratulations to Mister Jaffe you. for his victory. Come join us at Cahoot later. And to to Miss Mara. Miss Levitt and Mr. Wright is a message for you. You lose. All right. <laughs> so nice. thanks so much. Thanks so much for playing. Hey, if you can't if you can't take the heat, then you can't play trivia with McGowan, you know. Um, just throwing that out there. Anyway, hey, so, I built my uh, own on sports day and I think it's you did, you did you didn't do bad. I think I think Mara was I think Miss Mara would have been there, but she's just a little little slow. On the uh, on the buzzer there, it's like those. I know, like bas- I know my basketball teams. Yeah, so we'll have so we'll have a new one. So um, we're gonna head out now. We didn't get to talk about Steph Curry with Dr. Fossey or Fauci. We'll get to that on Monday. Um, we're gonna be posting. We should post a movie Monday for this weekend. Um, so Miss Levitt and Miss Mara and I, Mr. Jaffe, you can weigh in too. We can discuss a movie to watch this weekend that we can talk about on Monday. I'll let you guys pick it this time since no one liked the movie I picked oh, last time. Thank you. <laughs> we'll, we'll let the uh, we'll let the ladies pick the movie this weekend. <laughs> we can see. Um, I know Miss Mara has plans to watch Tiger King and <laughs> catch up oh, on yeah. Tiger King. Got a lot, of, trashy, lot of hard work to do. The, tra- the trashy TV that is, is holding the country together in this time of pandemic. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hope to see everyone I mean, at I, three o'clock for yes. Mr. Jimmy's uh, have a nice, uh, If I don't have a nice rest of the day, everybody. Yeah, but have a good rest of the day. Thanks, Mr. Jaffe, for calling in. Mr. Wright, thanks so much for getting this whole uh, discussion going and for getting everyone uh, talking about an issue that really goes to the very basic of the, the very basic level of, you know, what is education, why is it important, and, and why do we do 
what we do. So, Mr. Wright, thanks for calling in, and hopefully we'll talk to you a little bit later. And to all of our listeners. Thank you, Mr. McGowan, for all your hard work. Thank you, Mr. Jaffe, as always. I appreciate everyone else. Um, if you're, so I'm going to leave open the, the poll questions about the surveys. I'll leave open if anyone else wants to email over the weekend and give some, um, give some of your opinions about whether distance learning should be mandatory. Um, we still have to figure out with our team kind of what we're going to be doing in terms of a schedule. We didn't really finalize that quite yet, but we'll figure that out and we'll let you guys know by Monday. We went very far over on the podcast today. We had great discussion and good trivia game. Um, so thanks to everyone for calling in. Thanks for listening, reading your articles. Um, keep doing your stuff. Enjoy the weekend. I won't be posting anything this weekend. We'll look for a movie. I'll have I'll send out a um, a journal entry a little bit later on, and um, and a movie Monday suggestion that we can watch that over the weekend. But from Mama Lovett and Miss Mara, this is Mr. McGowan. This has been the Mama Lovett Show, episode nine, with everyone else, and we have been everyone else. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be.